Yeah, yeah, that was gross. But you had the 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 presence of mind to take a photo of it. Yeah. It was for when I'm in therapy. <laughs> I can tell my doctor, well, <laughs> this is the cause of my stress. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 13 of season two, and we're calling this one The Beauties and the Beasts. Hello, that was my husband, Bill, and my name is Winnie, and we are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. Um, the way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo. And then we will talk about those nine photos. What's the backstory? What went into making that photo? Whatever might come up. And today we're talking about beauties and beasts. But I'm going to start with thanking Anchor Podcasting. Anchor is a free podcast platform you can access from uh, the web or from a smart, um, an app on your smartphone. And it's pretty easy to use. We can do it. You can do it too. So thanks, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. Also want to thank our son, Andy, Outdoor Andy TV on Instagram and Twitch for setting us up with our audio equipment and getting us all dialed in. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. So um, it's been two weeks since we talked to you. And uh, we when we signed off last time, we said, who knows what? what we'd get into in the next two weeks. And we have been busy, right, Bill? You certainly have been. So as if you listen to us all the time, you know that we live and work at a church camp um, in Boyne City, Michigan called Park of the Pines. And since we last did a podcast, we have had um, a junior day camp and a week-long family camp. And so we've been pretty busy. Yep. Busy times. That time of year. <laughs> you are a man of many words today, Bill. Many words. <laughs> so um, we could do a whole podcast about those things, but the and I did take a lot of pictures, but they are pictures of people. And I just don't feel like I have the permissions or that it would be kosher for me to use um, people's photos for our personal podcast. So um, maybe someday down the road, We'll uh, figure out a way to talk about those things. They're pretty amazing, um, the camps that happen here at the park. But um, leading up to it, we are very busy getting all of the camp in order for people to use, which involves what, Bill? Oh, everything from turning on water to fixing electrical things, ordering food, um, mowing grass, cleaning. Cleaning, cleaning. More cleaning. <laughs> Getting rid of cobwebs and spiders. Taking a lot of phone calls. Yeah, it's it's a very, very busy time. And then when people are here, it continues to be busy because they find things that 
need addressing. According to them. According to them. Sometimes they're important and sometimes they're not. Yeah, we actually lucked out this year. We didn't have any major catastrophes to deal with like we have in the past. But No, and um, because this is um, our first year um, operating after a year off because of COVID, the activities were smaller and less structured and therefore a little bit less stressful. Yeah. At least for us. Yeah. It was a pretty so, good week, actually. Yeah, we had we had some we had a good week. So when you have time to visit people, it's always going good. Yeah. Normally the week of family camp, we are so busy that we don't get to visit all the people that we want to visit with. And this year I felt like we got around pretty good and had some good visits with people. And um yeah. But after camp was over and we were all cleaned up and buttoned up again, we really wanted to take a day off. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we both get paid part time and we put in like three weeks of work in one week. So uh, we thought we'll have a day off and go do something. Right. So we did. So um, we promised in season two that we would start each podcast off with an inspirational message or quote. And um, today I have one. And it's something I, I picked up on on Instagram somebody else had used today, but I thought it was appropriate. And it's a quote from Roald Dahl, the author. And the quote says, those who don't believe in magic will never find it. I believe that. <laughs> Do you believe in magic? No. Now, but what is magic? Because I think that when we look at nature especially when we look at nature through our long camera lenses, I believe we see magic. Well, if that's what you call magic, then right. definitely. Yes. Yeah. Very, and, yeah. very much so. And some people who don't maybe appreciate that will never notice it. No, I guess we're kind of lucky that we get to, to do that because there are magical things that we see through the lens that you just wouldn't see them um, unless you were a little closer to the subject at hand. And also we go out looking for it. Sure. You know, some people are just busy and they um, don't stop to take the time to really look. So let's go to our first picture, Bill. All right. So this is something that I did during the week of family camp. And I did not. And you did not. But I was lucky to be invited to go along with a friend of mine and her little guy to the Lavender Farm, which is not far from here. And um, I brought my camera along and I took a bunch of pictures of her and, and her and her little guy, which I can't share um, because I don't have permission to show their images. Um, but the one picture I took that day that I can share with you is this picture of lavender with a monarch, monarch butterfly. I, you know, I can't get enough of monarchs and I can't get enough of lavender. So um, recently I just painted a little, a little painting of a monarch on lavender and this picture actually came after the painting. Yeah. Yeah. The painting turned out really nice too, actually. Thank you. Thank you. So what do you think of this picture? Does it make you want to get over to the lavender farm? I was just thinking I should go there on our way to somewhere else today. Or on our way back from somewhere else. Yeah. One way or the other. We the drove, lavender is getting to the point where they're going to harvest it pretty soon. I so. think they've been harvesting. What? I think we've reached peak and I think they are already starting to harvest the lavender. Well, let's get going then. We, we got to get over there. All right. See you. We'll talk to you in two weeks. See ya. That's it, folks. <laughs> Just kidding.
So the lavender is at peak bloom right now. If you live in northern Michigan anywhere, uh, you should make a special trip to the lavender farm in Horton Bay. Um, it is spectacular. And even when we're not at peak bloom, even when we're past it, the plant itself gives off the the smell of lavender. And so it's it's a fun place to visit anytime. But of course, peak bloom is most desirable. We drove past there yesterday thinking we would stop, but we went, nope, <laughs> there must have been a hundred people there yesterday. Yeah, there was a hundred cars, probably 200 people. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, it was pretty busy. Yeah. So we, we said, no, maybe we'll go tomorrow and we'll wait until later in the day. Yeah, we're recording this fairly early in the morning, so maybe we can get there before the crowd does today I hope or so. wait till after they're gone home. One or the other. So the reason we were out and about yesterday is we decided, as I said before, to take, try and take a day off. And so after Bill got out of his other job, which is a bakery manager job, um, we got in the car and we decided to head to the UP thinking we would hit the Sini Wildlife Refuge and also stop at the Coneflower Field on our way to Sini. We've talked about this before, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth today. But we got almost to the Mackinac Bridge and I realized that we had somebody stopping at the park that evening to deliver something exciting. Yeah. So I we, saw them. You didn't. So, I mean, you saw them. And I didn't. So tell us yeah, about that. Yeah. So the the um, park has bought um, uh, nine. This, nine. Do you call it nine holes or nine stations? Nine holes is what they call it. Okay. it it's they're the cages or I guess it's, I'm not sure exactly what you call the uh, things you throw discs into. I believe they're called cages. Yeah, they're called uh, cages. Anyways, we got nine of them delivered here last evening. So we're going to be setting up a nine hole disc golf course at Park of the Pines for the camps. For the camps to use, yep. Yeah, so yep. that's exciting. Yep, and we have a camp coming in this Sunday that's going to take advantage of that they as well. They will be the inaugural disc golf. Yeah, it was kind of funny when we we walked property after the guys dropped it off last night, and uh, they were kind of looking at where they wanted to put up these different baskets, and uh, I would say, well, what about here? And they go, nope, they're going to ruin the tree if you put it there, and it was pretty interesting how they went about Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. Is it going to cover all three levels of the campgrounds? Like, no, it's all on the upper terrace. Okay. And um, they were saying last night we could easily have a an eighteen hole course here, if not even more than that, if we wanted wow. to. Wow. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, we got quite a bit of property. I'm going to have to learn how to like disc golf. I think. Yeah. I've never tried it, but I'm not a sports. I'm not a big sports person. Hmm, I hadn't noticed that before. <laughs> Maybe you and I will get into a little competition, though, between oh, the two of us. there you go. <laughs> we shall see. Maybe we'll have to do a podcast on the limitations of skill of Winnie and Bill. <laughs> and disc golf. And disc golf. <laughs> so, anyways, we, for a moment, we thought, well, maybe we will turn around and go back home and save the UP for another day. Um, so we stopped and got the oil changed in the car and I just had this yearning to get to the UP. I just, you know, when we go up to the UP, I can just forget everything else and just pay attention to nature, whatever we're looking for. 
and forget about all of our obligations and everything else and really relax. So I just really wanted to get up there. How did you feel? Yeah, same thing. When you when we get into taking pictures and and kind of thinking about photography and and what we want to take pictures of and when we find subjects and we're really engrossed in composition and all the other things that go into photos that yeah you get you just kind of shut your mind off from everything else that's going on around you so it is a way to for us to relax or me anyways and I definitely think you do the same absolutely so it wasn't hard to convince you when i said can we at least go to the cone cone flower field and get back in time and you said yep well you said yep after i said and get a pasty to eat Yes. <laughs> so we did that. We did. It didn't we didn't get the one we wanted, mind you. We had to go Well, we found a new place. We had to go hunting, but we did find a new place right in downtown St. Ignace. So we really yeah. like vegetarian pasties and there are a few places that have them and we have tried a few of them and we like some better than others, but the place we thought we would go yesterday was closed, so we had to drive downtown in St. Ignace and we found a new place called Bentley's. Yeah, which they, is a like an old uh, I would guess a like a it's decorated like a fifties uh, diner. Um, Could build. you get a nut burger there? No, that's only in Montana. Oh, we went to an old diner in Montana one time. I think in Butte. Was that Butte? I believe it was in Butte. Yep. And they their specialty on their menu was a nut burger, which. Made me a little nervous. It sounded like maybe one of those Rocky Mountain oyster, oyster kind burgers, of situations. Grind your nuts burger. <laughs> but it turned out to be a regular hamburger that was coated with the chopped nut mixture that they use on their ice cream sundaes. Yeah. And then fried. Still sounds kind of gross, but you ordered one and you said it was good. Yeah, it was a good, uh, if you can imagine a hamburger with a crunch to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Bentley's, we got pasties. I did take a picture of my pasty, but I have not included it in the pictures today because it really wasn't that pretty. No, it was it delicious. Good, but um, I mean, a pasty. If for those of you who don't know, a pasty is made out of like pie crust pastry and folded over, and inside could be any var variation of meat and potatoes and um. Not squash. What's the other thing? Rutabaggy. Um, in a vegetarian one, you get the potatoes and the rutabaggy and some um, onions, broccoli, on, broccoli, yeah. cheese usually. Cheese usually, yeah. yeah. Yep. So anyway, so we so that's how I convinced you that we should go ahead and head up there. And so we went up. And we had our pasty and we headed to um, this little field in the UP near Trout Lake. Correct. Between Moran and Trout Lake, yep, uh, 123. Yep, there's this on the south side of the highway. There's a field that's actually a um, nature sanctuary. I was going to say preserve, but it's actually listed as a sanctuary. Mm -hmm. It's called the Fred Dye Nature Sanctuary. The overall um, sanctuary is 36 acres. Did you know that? Because the little field itself is... Three acres, maybe. I think what I read was that somebody had um, donated the 6.4 acres that has the coneflowers on it um, to 
the nature sanctuary is some anonymous donor. Okay. Um, so it's just this little field kind of in the middle of nowhere. It opens up out of the woods. And this time of the year, it is loaded with wild coneflowers. So if you go to our next picture, Bill. Alrighty. Tell me what you see. There they are. There they are. Wild coneflowers. There was, uh, we got there, well, we discovered when we got there that um, they actually are a little past their prime. We um, probably should have been there two weeks ago yeah. or a week ago yep. at least. Yep. But darn work got in the way and yeah, we just got a chance to get there. So this is a picture of, uh, oh, quite a few of them all clumped together, actually. Um, they are fairly tall. The plants get to be almost four feet tall. So it's kind of... Um, Interesting how they how they stand up out of the rest of the underbrush quite well. Yeah, the coneflowers, I had a friend one time, we try to get up and take pictures of them every single year. And um, a couple of years ago, one of my friends looked at the pictures and wanted to know what the deal was with the coneflowers. And I told her that they're, they grow wild and it's a little bit of a mystery as to why they're there. And she said, oh, well, that explains why they look so anemic. I think they look beautiful. And she described them as anemic. Now, if you think of the um, domesticated coneflower that you would see in your landscaped garden, these do look a little anemic compared to that. Coneflowers that you would have in your garden, the petals are thicker and fuller. And um, maybe they're a little shorter and, and smaller, yeah, I too. Don't, I don't think they get as tall as the wild ones do, but they... They are typically a lot fuller and uh, have a little more, uh, just a little more color to them. Although some of these, at least even though they were past prime, some of them were actually had pretty nice color to them. They did have pretty good color. I think we got rain probably at the right time this year. And yeah, so um, this little field area, this little area was once a community that was called Kenneth. This is information that I looked up today and I hadn't known before. Um, Kenneth was um, a little town, and in the Fred Dye Nature Sanctuary, you can still find some old foundations from the general store and the saloon. Interesting. Yeah, I think that next time we go, we need to figure out where to look for those, because yeah. I want to find that. Yeah. Um, the They think that the coneflowers um, are not necessarily natural to that area. I think we know that, but they suspect that they came in when the people of Kenneth imported hay bales from out West for their animals, for their uh -huh. livestock. And the coneflower seeds were probably in that hay and therefore just sort of naturally propagated themselves. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a nice field of them there. And it's, it's quite striking if you're paying attention when you drive by that all of a sudden there's this field that's just peppered with these pink purple flowers um i think you can't help but notice but i bet you there are people who do not notice oh yeah going 70 miles an hour down the highway you, unless you know they're there you're just going to blow on by so right so um something else i found out about um this area i'm going to start calling it kenneth um is that you know how we found those in areas in that field we found sort of rock formations or yeah so that is actually dolomite bedrock, or also called karst, karst features. 
Okay. And um, they're scattered throughout this area, which has why that's a field instead of um, wooded, because it makes it hard for hardwood trees and the evergreen trees to grow there. Um, makes for um, a shallow um, dirt area, which is perfect for these prairie flowers. Okay. But the karst features will eventually, and are on this somewhere on this 36 acres, eventually it erodes and it sort of falls into the earth, creating sinkholes or caves or caverns. We'll better watch where we step then. Yeah, exactly. I had no idea. I think there's a lot more for us to explore here than we have ever explored before. So that's the, that, I mean, when we were talking about it, we were wondering about that, the rock formation there. So that's the answer. Okay. That's a, di- that's a deep dive into geology for us. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. I mean, Winnie. <laughs> um, so anyways, it's known for its wildflowers at this field. And it, if we should visit this field more often than just when the coneflowers are blooming. Because as I'll talk about later on, there are a lot more flowers here to look for. Yeah, there's there's quite a few different varieties there, actually. Yeah, I mean, so. even right now, there's quite a few different things. Even in this picture, if you look, Bill, to the very bottom left-hand corner, mm-hmm. there's some kind of a little purpley, thistly thing. Yeah, you I took guess, some pictures of these. I I didn't, but um, I was just noticing really there was probably like eight or ten different varieties of flowers in there, too. Right. It's it kind of cool. Very cool. So let's go, let's, now we'll take a deep dive into the nerd camera (laughs) photography um, topic. Go to the next picture. Okay. And tell me what you're looking at. I'm looking at a picture of some cone flowers that we set the camera, or you set the camera. It's actually two different pictures. Are you looking at the right one? It's two different pictures. I thought yeah. it was a, I thought it was the same picture just taken with two different settings, but I guess it is two different pictures. Yeah, well, yeah, I it's mean, like it's, a split screen. It's two, one picture on top of each of the other, and one you shot at uh, f10, and one you shot at f3.2. So this is a really good example of when you have something better than your cell phone. If you have a DSL car, DSLR camera <laughs> and you can use manual settings to set the picture up to look the way you want it to look. So on in this picture, this is an example of um, setting your f-stop um, either to a small aperture setting or a large aperture setting. And in photography, the weird thing about this is that if it's a if your aperture is open large, the f-stop number will be small. If your aperture is a small hole opening, your f-stop number will be higher. And on the top in this picture, um, I took uh, the picture of the same three cone flowers. The top one I took at a f10 setting, so the aperture was a smaller hole, and I could get more of the picture in focus. So you can notice in this picture when you get a chance to look at it on Instagram, um, the flowers in focus, and you can tell that there's foliage behind it. You can tell that there are ferns and leaves from other flowers, and there's a little bit of detail in the background. Correct, Bill? Is- yep, yep. It's it's blurred or muffled a bit, but as you can see that there's some detail. Yeah. Yeah. And on the bottom picture 
where I um, the aperture is open to a wider, bigger hole to the camera, but it's a smaller number, f3.2. The only thing in focus are the three flowers and all of the background is blurred, which um, in the photography world we call bokeh or bokeh. Um, so which picture do you prefer, Bill? Uh, actually, I I would prefer the the uh, the f three point two with the better bokeh myself. Um, yeah. Sometimes I like them uh, to get everything in focus too. I guess it just depends on the pictures. But this particular picture, I kind of like the bokeh that the blur, the blur. Yeah, it makes the flowers themselves pop out more. Correct. I agree. I, sh I shouldn't say correct, but I agree with your opinion. I'm glad you said, could we get that in writing? <laughs> well, um, hey, everybody, Winnie just agreed with me. So <laughs> I agree with you now and then. It's a bonus day. <laughs> it's your day, Bill. The thing about um, having a low aperture setting, like 3.2 or less, if you have really good lenses, um, is that it's really hard to get three separate subjects in focus at the same time right typically, and we had a little breeze yesterday too yeah, that we were dealing with you would get one of those three flowers and sometimes yeah, i was just going to say sometimes just part of a flower and yep. the rest is blurred yep so you have to be careful and so i was experimenting a little bit with my f-stop i think it'd be really great to take a photography workshop to this field when the cone flowers are blooming and let people go to town on playing with their settings and, yeah, and trying really, that out. It'd be really interesting to see um, if you put 10, 10 photographers in a, a field or any other subject, um, see what they come up with. Absolutely. Cause I find it fascinating just with the two of us mm -hmm. at the end of the day to see what kind of photos you got and what kind of photos I got and what angles you found and you know, all the different, it's amazing. There's quite a bit of difference even between what you take and what I take sometimes. Yeah. Well, we even a little bit yesterday was like, hey, you got that lens. Why don't you take this picture? Right. Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah. So I just was playing with the camera settings. And and um, if you really want to get into photography and you really want to play around and have control over how that picture turns out, you're going to want to pick up a DSLR camera. Um, you can find them for pretty inexpensive. And um, I would even recommend coming to the Jim Doty Photography Workshop at Park of the Pines. And anyways, so let's move to our next picture. So we called oh, we yes. called today's episode Beauty and Beauties and the Beast. So we've seen a, a few beauties so far. And then we found this little beast. Yeah, I, th I think he's a beast. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just saying that uh, sometimes we say, hey, you've got this lens. Well, you had uh, our lens we call Kevin, which does really nice close-up pictures. Macro. Uh, and I said, hey, here's something for you to take a picture of with that lens. And you got a couple of nice shots of this little guy. So this is a caterpillar on a leaf. And, um, and you know, we say he's a beast, but and he probably is a beast, but he's not. He might turn into a beauty, actually. He's not that ugly, I guess, when you really look at it. Are you looking at this picture nice yeah, and close, Bill? There's a lot of color to it, actually. He has a lot of color. It's got red 
at what I think is its head. It's got some long black eyelashes or eyebrows, some yellow beady looking body parts down to segmented body parts. Yep. Some more red dots on the, on his hind end and some yellow stripes and some yellow hairs and almost looks like the feathers on him. It's kind of, I know he actually looks, I mean, kind of pretty if you really, you know, yeah. Really look at it and be honest about it. We get creeped out about things that crawl along like caterpillars and worms, but that's what's kind of cool about macro lenses sometimes is that you get you can get really close to thing and find a detail of like, oh, that, maybe that thing isn't as ugly as it looks from a distance. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, anyways, I can't wait to tell you this because I found this caterpillar on the internet. I know what it is. Really? Yep. It's called the white marked tussock moth. Oh. And it's in the gypsy moth family. Oh, it's those little white moths who are flying all over the place. Well, yeah, probably. But listen to this. The female, after it, you know, metamorphoses. Uh, the female hatches out of its cocoon and has no wings. What? Some people describe it as a slug-like thing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and it crawls up as high as it can. Sometimes it just crawls out of its um, cocoon and it releases pheromones into the air. Now, the males have wings and they fly around waiting to find these, follow these pheromones and then they will mate with the female. She then the male dies, I think, right away. The female lays her eggs right away. It's disgusting. That is a, that is a crazy story. That's a horror story. Hey, buddy, come here. That is definitely a beast story, yeah. don't you think? You're not a beauty anymore. Hey, buddy, I don't have any wings. I look like a slug. Come on over. Yeah, and I'll kill you. <laughs> So gross. Green mantis. It's so gross. Makes me wish we hadn't taken its picture now. Delete. <laughs> they are much prettier in their caterpillar state than evidently. This is the beauty that's going to turn into a beast. Exactly. That's what that is right there. So gross. <laughs> you know, some snakes that have these bright colors you're supposed to stay away with. Well, maybe the bugs too. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, let's go on to our next picture. Okay, tell me what you see. I see a coneflower up kind of close, and it looks like it is dwindling. Yeah, but it's pretty though, don't you think? That yeah, the wind was blowing it around. and It definitely is on its downward. You know, it definitely isn't fresh. Right. <laughs> I'm trying right. to find in my notes here. I wrote all of the flowers that you can find in the, here they are. Um, in the spring, in this Fred Dye san uh, nature sanctuary in the field, you can find striped coral, coral root orchid, round, um, round lobed habiticus. I don't, which I don't know what I it is. You swore at me. Wild Combine. Then, of course, in the summer, the pale purple coneflower, prairie um, sink foil, toad flax, which I think might be that little purple lavender looking thing. Okay. Um, in the fall, leathery green fern, 
pale spike lobelia. And you're going to love this one. What? 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 Fringe gentian. Gentian. Do you remember when we were up and we stumbled upon the hot counters in the fall up at, um, in St. Ignis at the hot counters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And our friend, our friend who's the birder and naturalist, mm-hmm. took us around and showed us some of the wildflowers that were blooming at the time that we would have never noticed. No, we wouldn't have. We had and no he idea. was so excited to show us the fringe gentian. Gen- I can't say it right. Gentian? Gentian? I think you're saying it right. G-E-N-T-I-A-N. Gen? Gentian? Gentian? Ugh. Anyways. Genuine wildflowers. And more wildflowers that aren't even included in this list. If you go to our next picture. What's the next picture? Ooh. I what call is, those black-eyed Susans. Yeah, I call them black-eyed Susans too. Maybe, maybe their, you know, their Latin name is something that I just stumbled over on on my little list here. But we're calling them black-eyed Susans. There was quite a few black-eyed Susans yeah, in this were, field. This was kind of a nice little cluster, three of them. Yeah, these with ones. A bug look, in one of there them. There is a little bug in there. Right? Prettier. I just now noticed that. It's it's a gross-looking little bug. Got, Another beast. Does it have wings? <laughs> it's got legs. It's got legs. <laughs> Is it releasing pheromones? I can't smell it from here. Could you smell it when we were there? I don't think so. <laughs> so gross. You know, the field is so beautiful, but it is full of insects. Yes, full of insects. All kinds of insects. Some are nice insects. Some are not nice like insects. Right. I think the next pic. Oh, okay. Go to the next picture, Bill. And this is your story, uh, so you yeah. can tell it. <laughs> so here we are out p- taking pictures, and I see this monarch butterfly, and you said, hey, there's a monarch over here. They look, and it flew back into the edge of this field. And and on the edge of the field was some of that dolomite bedrock stone yeah, right and it, was, it was it had flown into a nice cedar tree and i thought that'll be a big nice picture of a monarch on a cedar background so i went walking back towards it and the picture that we're looking at right now is the picture of a tree stump that um was in between uh, these like these rocks we're talking about look like big globs of uh, lo- uh lava rock lava is what rock. it looks like yeah, yeah. and this tree stump has grown up in between it so i just kind of stepped on it as i was going across only to find out that it was a mass of ants and all of a sudden there was ants everywhere if you they were crazy if you're looking at our pictures or when you get a chance to look at our pictures on instagram if you have a way to you know look at this picture big because you might not notice the ants at first. It just looks, somebody cut this tree down because it's nice, right. flat yeah, somebody took stump. a team to, uh, to it and cut it off, or, uh, probably at ground level. Or, yeah. You know? And it just looks like a tree stump at first glance. But when you zoom in and really look at it, it is loaded with these little ants. And they're the kind that, oh, Bill, look at them. I don't know if they call those fire ants or what, but. They're the kind that have the, like, black head, black tail end, but red in the red middle. in the middle, Oh, they yeah. just. I'm itching all over. I stepped on it. It cracked. So I kind of jumped off of it and I disturbed. I heard you swear. Yeah. I was across the field and I could hear you say, Holy. Holy shamoly. Shamoly. Or something like that. (laughs) 
Yeah, did they get on you? Uh, no, actually, but um, they were everywhere. Yeah, they were everywhere. It's just solid ants. This is just yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah, that was gross. But you had the 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 presence of mind to take a photo of it. Yeah, it was for when I'm in therapy. <laughs> I can tell my doctor. Well, <laughs> this is the cause of my stress. <laughs> all right yeah that is the that is the cause of nightmares right there for sure thank goodness they didn't get on me and uh it was uh documented it with a little photo sometime beasts beasts can be tiny yes tiny but mighty right so the kind of insects that we enjoy seeing though are the monarch butterflies and when we were heading up to the Fred Dye um, Nature Sanctuary, I said, I hope we see some monarchs today. And we did see monarchs as we were driving. Mm-hmm. And when we first got to the field, I said, oh, I don't see any monarchs. It's kind of a cloudy day. And there was a little bit of wind. And I, I was given up hope on seeing monarchs. But as we started walking around, we sort of flushed them out. Eh? Yeah, they were down. They were down in the in the weeds a little bit, but uh, they started coming up out of there, and uh, we got a, a two or three really decent pictures. So, so I was using a camera with an eighty-five millimeter fixed lens on it, and but you were using a camera with a seventy to two hundred zoom lens, right? Which is pretty hefty lens, and um, you kind of have to be back far away from things to take pictures because if you're too close, they're you're too close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but that camera, well, both cameras, but the 7200 to 200 lens gives a really nice blurred background. Yeah. I always like the pictures that come out of that lens. It's, it's uh, yeah. quite often a really nice picture that comes out of yeah, it. Yeah. Real creamy backgrounds and the color's good. And for taking a picture of something like um, monarch butterflies, are you at the picture with the monarch? This next one? Yes. Um, you could stand far enough away that you weren't spooking the butterfly. Whereas yeah, with was, the camera I was using, I had to get fairly close. And by the time I'd get close to them, they'd skedaddle. They'd go, nope. So on this picture that you took, Bill, is of one of the coneflowers. And the monarch had been on the coneflower feeding, I assume. Mm-hmm. And um, he looks like... You've got this so in nice close up and he looks like he's tiptoeing away from you. Yeah, I don't I think he was just lifting off and I actually caught it stopped him in motion. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it um, looks like he's just cuz I was taking pictures the uh, I don't think hardly any of them um when I first saw monarchs on things they were always kind of sideways to me. So I'd take pictures as like I was trying to walk around behind them to get the picture hoping of their, that they're going to spread their they're wings, open out. up yeah. their wings and see their cool markings on the back of their wings. But uh, I was taking some shots as I got around and I caught this nice one. It's kind the, of a this is a funny picture. Yeah. Did you know that um, butterfly wings are transparent and then they're covered with scales and hmm. that's the scales are what have the color. OK. And female monarchs have a little bit thicker black lines to them. Okay. So I'm thinking this one's a female. And the males have thinner black lines, but they they have two little telltale um, black dots on 
in the middle of some of the lines on their bottom feathers. I'm not sure if I'm describing that right, but I know what you mean. Okay. So I think that we saw females or at least our photographs were all female monarchs yesterday. Okay. Well, females with wings is a good thing. Well, <laughs> females with wings yeah, are better one? than females without wings. <laughs> um, did you know that monarchs use their feet to taste? Well, that's what he was must have been tasting this flower then. Yeah, I always thought it was that little um, their tongue, you know, that's kind of curled up. Sometimes you right. see that it goes out. That's and it's, not. The, no, they taste with their feet, or maybe they taste with their feet and their. You know, tongues and antennae, maybe all of it, but they t can taste with their feet. Imagine if we could taste with our feet. Oh, Oops. the things we'd get into. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, monarchs are amazing beasts <laughs> because they migrate um, over 2,500 2, miles in the fall. And maybe this year we'll be lucky and we'll catch some really great pictures of the monarch migration I hope so. as they leave Michigan. So I'll save some of that information for that. But um, we are particular to the monarch butterflies. So. Oh, I do have something you're going to like, though, about monarchs. This is new information to me. Okay. Is Did it about their wings? No, it's about their mating habits. Okay. Tell me a story. They do have wings for this. <laughs> a monarch can mate several times. And sometimes they can mate for 16 hours at a go. Whoa. Yeah. That's some endurance right there. <laughs> That's endurance. Whew. Somebody took their happy pills. <laughs> Six, 16 hours. I guess they have nothing better to do. No. Lounging and... <laughs> They are poisonous from their predators because when they're in the caterpillar state, they eat milkweed, um, the milk from milkweed, and it has toxins in it. So it makes them, it makes them poisonous. And um, so birds and other insects know that they have a bitter taste and that they are poisonous. So they leave them alone for the most part. But when they are young caterpillars or in the larvae state, Mm -hmm. Their biggest predator is um, a few different ins insects, but the one that stood out to me is stink bugs. Really? Yeah. So maybe that's why stink bugs stink so much. I don't know, but I, and now I know I really hate those stink bugs. Pine bugs. Yeah. Yeah. You call them stink bugs, but they're actually a pine bug. Well, on the internet, they even refer to them as stink bugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, nice shot of this butterfly, of this monarch, Bill. Thanks. Well, let's go to our next picture. I think this might be our last picture for today. And this is a picture I snapped of you while you were walking away from me. You're in the field of coneflowers. So you can see all the coneflowers around you. Also, I snapped this picture because you're wearing one of our new Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Winnie got herself a little kit for making shirts. And uh, is that, is that, that's not called silk screening, right? Yeah, it's silk screening. Silk screening? Yeah. Okay. Well, Winnie got a silk screening kit and she's having fun with it. And yeah, this is the logo for our photography business. Turned out really nice. 
And if you zoom in, you can see that, but you can also see the this other is, yeah, beasts that were the, in the field. This is the more important part of this picture. Yeah, the bugs. If you can zoom in a little bit, and you don't even have to zoom that in that much to see, but there was gnats everywhere. Yeah, and apparently they really liked me. I don't, they weren't they were bothering you, but for, for some reason they were all over me. They if were you do zoom in, you. you can see there was half a dozen of them piled up on the back of my neck in this picture too. They're on your neck. They're on the back of your shirt. They're buzzing all around you. I didn't think they were biting, but today my neck is all broken out from insect bites. So apparently they were. Yeah, they were nasty. Yeah. They actually chased us off. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, we probably would have taken a little more time and taken some more pictures of the other insects. What did you think? There, we but... spent about an hour there. Yeah, probably hour and forty-five half. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. If if the gnats hadn't have been so bad, we'd have stayed longer right. for sure. Which was really crazy is there was a decent wind too, though. I, it that didn't seem to blow them away by any means. No. No, they were. Oh, they were frustrating. Yep. And what do you got in your hand? Is that a dead mouse? Because it looks like you're carrying a dead mouse. Yeah, it's a dead mouse I found. I was trying to get the bugs to eat that one instead. No, it's not a dead <laughs> mouse. I'm zooming in. It was uh, some seed pods that I found on the ground that I was going to take and see what I could do with them. Yeah. So those are still in the back seat of the car. But yeah, some some dried out seed pods. Maybe there's a couple seeds left in them. Maybe not. We'll find out. Be fun to scatter them around. We need, I think you're really supposed to collect them in a hay bale, though. <laughs> oh, well, there's that. I sold my hay baler, so I don't know what we do then. <laughs> Maybe it won't work for us, but wouldn't it be fun to have some wild... Where can we put them? Around oh. the edges. They like a field. Oh, I know exactly where to put them. I, I know a couple spots we could put them up by the ball field. Yeah. Places where you don't mow. Right. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. The gnats. You know, it never fails whenever there's something beautiful to photograph. There's always going to be some beast around that. To make things difficult. Just to, just to test what kind of steel you're made of. Yeah. I don't know. We were, we're made of tin, I think. We were made of tin or <laughs> aluminum thin tin yesterday. Yeah. Tin, thin skin. Earlier this spring, it was ticks. It's like my wings fell off or something. Remember the ticks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this this has been the year of the bugs so far. When I got out of the car, I thought, oh, I'm going to have to be careful and watch for ticks. Yeah. And quickly the ticks escaped my mind because it was gnats that were all over Yeah, I was thinking, I wish these ticks would eat these gnats. But we didn't have any ticks on us yesterday. That was I didn't find any ticks, just gnats. And I felt like the gnats were crawling under my clothes when we were, I'm itching now just thinking Oh, yeah, they probably were. Ugh. I and in my hair. We got Ugh. our equipment put away and got in the car, and then we were killing them inside the car for half an hour afterwards. Yeah, at least we were yeah. squishing the the inside of the car has got bug juice we all do, over the we windows. We both swallowed some at some point. So, what is it about those kind of bugs that you swallow the dang things and you're stuck in your throat? Doesn't oh, matter how much you drink, you can't get rid of it. It's I was, crazy. I was taking a picture, and I must have had my mouth open just a little bit, and all of a sudden I felt one hit the back of my throat. Yeah. Just nasty things. Yeah. Just nasty, nasty things. 
However, it was all worthwhile. It was all worthwhile. We got lots of beautiful pictures of the cone flowers and other wildflowers. And we had a little afternoon to give our mind a break and enjoyed each other's company. Had a good lunch. Yep. I think we should do it all over again today. I think we'll uh, maybe take another part of a day and take another little road trip. What do you think? Sounds like a good idea. So we promised that we would end every podcast this season with um, a feel-good story, some good news, something that would be uh, positive, leave you feeling good. And I have some good news today. What's that? So the, it may be good news to us and maybe other people don't really care, but um, as of August 9th, mm-hmm. fully vaccinated Americans will be able to travel to Canada. That's us. That's us. We will get to see my mom and my sisters and my niece and her kids. And yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, They said you, as of August 9th, you will have to have proof of being vaccinated. They will not require a negative COVID test. However, they will randomly pull people in to do them occasionally. So I'll bet you will be the random choice of the day. Yeah, they'll be. Seems like that lottery always picks us. When you cross the border, you're always a little nervous that you're going to get the rubber glove uh, examination. But now it's going to be the cotton ball up your nose. Yeah, (laughs) I might like the rubber glove thing better. Stop it. (laughs) All right. So that's exciting news. Yeah, great. So we'll we'll, um, talk to you again in two weeks. Thanks for listening today. Um, Hey, I want to give a shout out to some of our um, avid listeners today. I almost forgot about this. Good idea. I was just thinking we should give a shout out to a couple different people. So today, we'll do that maybe in all the episodes coming up. But today I'm going to give a shout out to the Thomas family, Melissa Thomas and her two kids who visited us this summer from Missouri. And they listened to the Winnie and Bill Chat podcast for nine hours on their drive here. And they were planning to listen to it again on their nine hour drive home. That's great. You can't get any more dedicated fans than that. No, no. So maybe we'll we'll have to give them a t shirt or something. Maybe we'll have to get them a t shirt. So thanks for listening, Thomas family. Yeah, thanks a lot. And thanks to everybody else for listening in today. And And I hope you have a great day. 